You're listening to Irish Radio Canada Home and Abroad and I had the privilege of attending Folk Alliance International in Kansas City this year. Last time I got there was 2020 in New Orleans and prior to that it was in Montreal in 2019. And as part of Folk Alliance, Culture Ireland... Um, set up or, or have a pavilion and really what they do is they bring artists to showcase them to North America because at Folk Alliance International you get a gathering, it's not a music festival, it's more a trade show for industry, so you get musical directors, you get festival directors, record companies booking agents and all that so for Culture Ireland what they're trying to do is help emerging Irish artists to break into what would be North America. Now I'm sitting across from a Bowron player, mm-hmm. he's a professional drummer and Bowron player, Dermot Sheedian. Dermot um, normally would be with Hermitage Green, but he also works with a, a lot of other musical artists and here at Folk Alliance International he was with Shiva and uh, he has worked with Donald Loney. Uh, the Harp Orchestra, Celtic Legends, and has an album out there live at Whelan's and Save Your Soul. Dermot, ta falteros. Magus Aston. Kundan Clar. Kundan Clar, yeah, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm from. Grew up in uh, Dara, uh, in the parish of Ballier, so it's big hurling country, hurling and, uh, and music. <coughs> I grew up in. Uh, uh, petrol station, the family business, petrol station, post office, hardware shop, side of the road and the main road to Kilkee and Kilrush. And uh, two older sisters, Lorraine and Orla. And they, I grew up with them playing music in the house, I'm the youngest. Right. So I was just going along as they were learning music. And uh, a main thing for me was I went to Chakyol and Corrafin right. and uh, just picked up a bar on and just rattled away. And I sat the side of the stage as a young fella and I just kept rattling away at it and I loved it and uh, I started really focusing in then around 12, 13 and then I uh, landed into the Bowron world. And the great like thing I suppose about West Clare yeah. is that unlike an awful lot of other areas, you know, in, for some people there has to be music in the house. Um, in West Clare, as long as it's in, you're in the area, <laughs> it's osmosis from the area. Mm. And there's such a wealth and a richness in the whole area that you're nearly part of a team. Yeah, totally. It's uh, it's there everywhere. Like you can go into Ennis or there's a wealth of teachers all around the locality. And it's played in schools. You go into every school. Like I was last couple of years ago, I used to be going around to primary schools and you go into... Labashida and there might be 15 or 20, 15 or 6 class playing accordions or um, I remember going to Dunaha, a tiny school one of the last schools in Ireland with a fireplace in it and 13 kids in the whole school and them all playing right. an instrument banjo, uh, concertina, bowron whistle, savage and the great thing about it is there's no um, negative connotation in that area to traditional music no, there isn't. Um, it, it's, there's a good relationship. People, there's great set dancing culture back there. Yeah. There's great. Yeah. It's, it's just we're from Clare, and that's what we do. We play hurling, and we. And and again, the language is so rich as well. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't like I. 
I didn't find too much great Irish language I'd grown up uh, resources in County Clare but definitely in Inishir and the islands uh, yeah but there, again there's no negative connotation absolutely yeah I know what yeah. you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like I would think if you're to, I know that um, I've met quite a number of people particularly from what would be the southern end of the county yeah. and rich Irish and no great love of it oh big time yeah um, so that the whole Irish cultural heritage is an intrinsic part of who you are in Clare totally is yeah I get you yeah no we love it and we love I think people take such pride in their in their county especially people who play music and traditional music and folk music there's a great a passion and a pride that you kind of attach yourself it's probably in beaten with you in competitions and going to flags that you're you pride in representing your area and your place <laughs> but and, and I suppose the musical style of your music that you have pride in that um, I have to say I, I was watching you last night on stage and um, you and the Bowron uh, the Bowron was an extension definitely of who you are mm -hmm. it wasn't uh, it wasn't an attachment to your hand it was an extension of who you are and I could see that uh, one you were so engrossed and immersed in the music but also that the Bowron was literally talking or it, it, it was <laughs> it, it wasn't you weren't playing a drum and it didn't sound like it there was just the Bowron on its own there was such a richness and a wealth in the music on its own thanks thanks Austin yeah um, I suppose I'm playing so long now that I kind of achieve uh, level of flow when I'm playing where, where I'm not over really analysing what I'm doing you know often great sports people would have that kind of flow when they're at high yeah. speed you, you don't analyse or critique I find it like when I play drum kit I maybe focus in a little bit more on the There's a te and the technicalities yeah. of it where for me and on the bar on it just kind of flows and I, I guess yeah, and that, that was obvious that yeah. it was it was uh, coming through your what you what was around you was coming through your ears yeah um, not being filtered yeah and arriving out at your fingertips yeah thanks yeah um, I absolutely love it <laughs> now what what I find interesting as well though is that within the world of music you know there's a great awareness of whoever's out front whoever might be singing or if they are a um, an instrumentalist yep. uh, it would normally be maybe a pianist or a guitarist or a fiddler or something mm -hmm. um, a Bowron player and I don't say this derogatory may not be perceived as an instrumentalist absolutely and yet uh, you very much are yeah I suppose I take a lot of inspiration from uh, jazz drummers and the style and the appreciation that jazz drummers hold in esteem in their genre and yeah. I believe with more education and higher levels of virtuosity and the bar on we can kind of bring it in bring it out of this kind of um, joke of everything into a kind of a more high-end well-performed well-executed right. almost like a tune percussion like in the, and, and of course there, every culture in the world has yeah. some drum yeah. as a as the most basic instrument within that culture completely I, you just have to remind me I was here in 2018 at Folk Alliance and I met a Sami girl from the north of Norway um, her culture would be nomadic reindeer herders right. um, so they, they travel with the migratory pattern of the reindeers so she sings yoiks which are kind of like shanos yes um, Scandinavian music in, in, in her culture but she was like 
I love I love the sound of the drum. Will you play it me? So I ended up hopping in with her at one of her private showcases. Yes. And then continued to make loads of music, and we've we've done music for film, and I've gone over and I've toured with her in Europe. But like that, it's just applicable to every culture. It is, and of course, in the Canadian context, the whole First Nations. Yeah. The drum is very much part of ceremony of ritual mm. of the religion of everything. It's it's yeah. it's the heartbeat in many ways. It's fascinating. Like there's there's frame drums in every culture from Morocco to, uh, to to Sami culture to, to indigenous music and uh, to, to shamanism as well it's, it's all there they're similar drums they're circular they got a rib and they got a pulse and it's what you do with it I had the opportunity to spend time with Maliki Kearns oh brilliant yeah up in Connemara yeah out in this shop in Roundstone yeah and you know that was fascinating and the, of course here was Maliki hadn't been featured on an Irish stamp Yes. Yeah. Uh, which again was tremendous respect yeah, for the the, the Bowron and how much it is an integral part of Irish culture. Yeah. Yeah, Maliki and, and, and so many other makers have really brought it on and bringing in different tuning mechanisms onto the drums and adapting knowledge from like snare tuning and tom tuning and bringing it into our culture of, of the Bowron. Um, it's I mean when you think of it, we're dealing with a very young instrument in our culture. You're 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 talking day one is essentially Padre Mercier playing with Joel Tory Coolin. Right. Um that Sean Rita had drafted in. Before that it was just a seasonal instrument. Okay. And now we're dealing with a, a Bowron on stage in a formal concert a- atmosphere. Yes. And if we go from there to what basically the the drum that I'm playing now hugely evolved tuning now I'm playing a synthetic head okay. I'm no longer playing a goat skin because right. it's more adaptable for touring and all that yes. stuff so uh, it's, it's a brilliant drum so I want to pay respect here to someone you may never have heard of and he was someone I knew in Ottawa because he patented um, the tuning of a Bowron did he from within the frame oh so you actually tuned the bower on the way you would tune um, with a, a, a screwdriver and an, an, an Allen key. Yeah. But it was up through the frame. Yeah, I think I saw that before. Who, who, who? That was Fred Halpin. Fred Halpin. Originally from down the Maritimes. Uh, in wow. He, he was settled in Ottawa. And Fred um, went and, I say, he patented that uh, wow. method of tuning the bower on. Yeah, that's interesting because I haven't seen it. And, right. and money drum sense, but it's probably because Frank or he, he played, a, yeah, and played um, yes, yes, yeah. and I don't think anybody has picked up on it, but it, is, it means no one else can do from through the, the, the ah, frame of the ah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. There's so many different ways of doing it. Like when we look at acoustic guitars now yes. or, or drums, they all pretty much have the same way of doing it. So yes. I mean, we'll all eventually once the dust settles on the the, the style, there'll be yeah. there'll be a kind of so, continuation. Um, within a community, what you do, um, the number of people who would be at a level that you're at would be a small handful, and you'd you'd know each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's a collection. There's a good collection of our own players. Um, because every uh, every generation has brought a new uh, standard up, and uh, that's across every instrument, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a there is a couple good few professional players now. Right. Um, the likes of Colin Field and which and Robbie Walsh. Yeah. Um, with four wins, and he has the Bar Buzz, which is a great educational resource for right, secondary right. schools. 
but uh, yeah and then you have the likes of Jimmy Higgins right Eamon Murray John Joe Kelly those. there's a good few and there's a few on this I know Martin the Kogan has settled yes. down in, in uh, I think in the Southern California region yeah but he does a fair bit of work around the US yeah attending. I have been in years I remember yeah. meeting Milwaukee a couple yeah. of years ago yeah um, and when you walk into a session I know there's we joked at the beginning but there's an attitude out there a certain attitude and you know um, what, how, what's the best thing you can have if you're a Boron player and you get all these say a broken wrist or mm, how do you play a Boron with a foot pen they're right <laughs> um, but it was so interesting to see you warm up and to flex your, your wrist and yeah. your elbow yeah um, and then as you play it to see that it's not just the beating of a drum yeah there's a well if I always feel like music is almost like a, it's a whole body experience and there's fluidity through your body yes and if you have if you have blockages in the body you'll be tense and you'll you'll tense up and you won't execute as fluidly as as you as you should so I'm right. big in stretching and big in yoga and big into all that so I love that full body performance as well you know so also then during particularly a performance where you're on stage with other musicians you would get the opportunity to have your solo session because um, and I think that that must also be a richness that allows you to take that segment yeah. display your instrument display your skill mm -hmm. and it doesn't overwhelm an audience that there's too much of it yeah I think it, it works so well with, with Shiva and Shiva's um, type of set because a lot of her music is quite jazz influenced yes. and kind of that would have that kind of vibe in it so it would almost have these solo sections yes um, but like the work I do with Hermitage Green might be is a bit more pop and rock and folk music um, structured so right. it doesn't have doesn't allow for major solo sections apart from a standout solo performance which we all do yes, yes. as well during the Hermitage Green set right and when you mention Shiva we will be with Shiva at some stage I don't know when we'll get to wear it but um, you talk about the jazz and what was fascinating there in that performance was to he listened to jazz Oscarilka mm, yeah in, and, and the whole rhythm the whole beat of what she does and how she does it something not used to and as you said then how uh, how um, the Bowron so much enhanced and fitted in with that whole genre yeah Shiva's got such an interesting way of composition she's got such huge influence of gypsy jazz um, her dad obviously is Paul Brock the famous accordion player right um, virtuoso and he would have brought up um, the girls on a very steady diet of multi-genre music so when you listen to Shiva's album there's lots of threes and yeah. um, where you're counting threes fives and sixes so they'd be similar to, to jigs right okay but they're swung in a certain way okay so it'd be but when you'd be playing trad music so there's a slightly different swing sounds like trad but it has that gypsy swing right yeah it's uh, it's really it's really cool. It again, it's just a melting pot of and, and for you as a musician, rather than being pigeonholed, 
and, I, and, and I mean if you're on stage with the same group at the same time the whole time and you're doing your one, two, three or you're doing, doing yeah. your yeah, to, to be able to go and sit on the stage with somebody oh. else and just expand out the whole horizon and it must be just so yeah, much fun I definitely, I, I'm very thankful for that because it, it, it brings a whole new freshness to your playing your you, different challenges because you're not playing the same set all the time yeah. you know, you get stale doing the same thing all yeah. the time so having playing with other people and and you know fitting into someone else's set where you have to add I know you talked about the soloist scenario so everything I have to do has to bring Shiva's performance to a higher um, way of enjoyment for the audience as opposed to reducing from it and overpowering so that's a, that's a good challenge as well some of the just I, I remember are you familiar with Albanac? Albanock. Yeah. Scottish group. Okay. I saw them last weekend and they were in um, uh, at, a, at a Celtic music festival. All drums. All drums? All drums. Different drums. But all drums. And the whole, the, that's all, all of those drums. And was, it was amazing. Actually. Oh, check it out. Yeah. It was amazing. Now, there's one guy and he has a big, long kind of... Um, Trombone? No, a horn. Uh, that, like a Swiss horn, but it was just way out. Oh. Uh, and that was really the only other thing other than drums wow um, was it a didgeridoo or yeah like a didgeridoo oh. yeah. yeah so that was the only other instrument was a didgeridoo yeah um, but you know it, it's unusual to see a group of drums yeah and that that was all and yet they had a party minute set or something whoa <laughs> you would think it would get heavy but you can if you can do it clever enough yes. you can get through it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. cool I'll check it out yeah uh, Dermot if anyone wants to find you where can they find you uh, they can find me uh, on Instagram okay at Dermot Sheedy on Twitter as well um, my, all my links to my bands that I'm working with are all through there and have you any touring plans particularly on the Canadian side yeah um, if anyone's interested in Canada coming to see uh, my band Hermitage Green we would be in August time we'll be coming to Canada we'll be starting off in Kingston, Ontario on the 22nd of August 23rd of August Waterloo Maxwell's Music House uh, 24th we're going to be in Grey County or Own Sound I'm not sure uh, 25th Toronto uh, the Great Hall the Friday night right. and uh, then we're back to New York and Boston to finish out the rest Fantastic of the well as those dates come close as well uh, we need to get a reminder out there so that sure. we can plug it at the time yep. Dermot before we wrap up uh, what piece of music should we share? Sure I'll give you a Hermitage Green tune um, this is actually a song we picked up first at Folk Alliance here in 2017 it's a song from Newfoundland it's called The Glow of the Kerosene Light and this is Hermitage Green Dermot it's been great chatting with you great, great time, time you here. and thanks a million for taking the time thank you